Welcome to the 3v3 Podcast, your socially distanced hockey chat show. Here are your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. The wonderful science quiche left us the question last week of what would an NHL G League look like? What would we do to it? We've, we've danced around the topic before, kind of, and played with certain things, but where would it play? What sort of would it look like? I mean, would it be a single host city or would you have a couple of places? And I was chewing on this mostly because I had nothing else to do this week. Oh, wait, no, that's a lie. Um, I, st- I stuck at the back of my brain and I thought, you know what would be cool? Is if they kind of did it like the World Junior. You, you let you let teams sort of pick players by invitation. Um, you know, you, you kind of, I don't want to do the whole, you know, the, the sum of Europe type thing, <laughs> like they did with the NHL World Cup. <clears throat> but you sort of say, okay, let's have four teams, or kind of like the Memorial Cup a little bit. You have four teams, and you have a rotating host city. And and teams get to pick what players they would like to invite to be on their team. Team, 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 as Denim Renum would say. Um, and then we just sort of play a round-robin tournament. And we get to play with the rules, right? <clears throat> So maybe one year there's no icing on the penalty kill. We'll see how that looks. Maybe one year there's no blue lines. Or the center line is the is the offside line. And we'll see how that looks. Hmm. So doing all of the NHL rule experimenting instead of at the AHL level, just do it at this tournament? Mm-hmm. And you and you make it a precursor to like training camps or something. <clears throat> but you do it but you do it in sort of you, you kind of rotate the host cities, right? So and I'm not talking like existing NHL markets, you know, I think we were talking about Boise at one point, you know. Host the tournament in Boise, host the tournament in Portland, host the tournament in Oklahoma. Some place that's sort of anywhere they want to expand to. Yeah. Or anywhere that they think, you know, that they could benefit by having a bigger hockey footprint, you know, like inviting the AHL to maybe, you know, venture into the Portland market. Something along those lines, right? Oh, you know, Coach Hello Valley is going to end up in Portland at some point, but that's beside the point here. See, I was thinking, so I, I don't know much about the NBA G League, and that's what this was supposed to be somewhat modeled off of. So I looked it up, and they have, it's actually a season, and they have teams scattered all across the country, and in Mexico City, I think there was one. Um and so my thought was, all right, well, if we're going to do it like that, then let's just resurrect the IHL. Which is also an acceptable 
Yeah, yeah. like a because a, 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 I mean, you know, how I think most NHL teams, with the possible exception of like, you know, Seattle, um, could put together a 20 man roster. Right. And play them for 20, 25 games. You know, four conferences, the top play, top team from each conference gets to play in a four-team round-robin tournament thing to determine who the winner is because that, you know, they all have to, they all have to play for a championship, right? Um, but you know, it's 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 Atlanta, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Denver, Houston, Indianapolis, Kansas City, Vegas, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Orlando, Salt Lake City, San Antonio, San Francisco. Um, for those that don't remember where the IHL used to go. Um, so, you know, just, just kind of like plop them in various random markets that may or may not have an AHL team and see what happens. Patrick, it's funny you mentioned some of Europe. Because <laughs> <laughs> let's go to some of Europe. Let's get out of North America for a while. Let, let's, you know, without infringing upon the national leagues and individual countries, let's create more of a mixed bag for European fans and something that can go on ESPN Plus during, you know, during daytime summer hours. Let's expose some of the North American players to life over there a little bit first. And then, you know, if expansion into Europe is a, it should be potentially a 20 year goal of the future owners, operators, runners of this quote unquote league. Um, try it out now. Maybe when, you know, the po- political landscape is a little, little less dire. But let's get out of North America, because North America is never going to get past their major minor league sports mental roadblocks and invest in secondary tertiary leagues the way that they should, the way that European leagues honestly do it. So each NHL team partners with a uh, a, a European, a major European hockey team. Scatter or, all over, not just the or, league, or, but like just teams. Arena operators, you know, um, and just mix a couple bases and do a rotating, a rotating tour for let's say six weeks in Europe. Six weekends, sort of what three ice was trying to do or is trying to do as they're slowly wrapping up their, their league in the next few weekends, just, just mix it up, do something different and sell those European broadcasting rights, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) My question is um, between Detroit and Vancouver, who gets the rights to partner with Moto? Oh, no, no, Vancouver's got a... No, you're right, never mind. <laughs> I had to think about that for a second. <laughs> It'll be Vancouver. Because you got the, you've got the old Orchard Speak boys there. 
Although it could be, it could be Colorado. Because isn't isn't Forsberg a part, a Peter Forsberg a part owner of Moto or something? Well, can he be now with his agency ties? Oh yeah, I forgot about that. I think he might have. I don't know what the I don't know what their their. God, I couldn't think of the damn word. What their bylaws for that are as far as legal ownership over there. <clears throat> Curious. Um, <clears throat> when Bill Zito stood up after finishing the phone call, the the trade call with the NHL. Um, did anyone ask him where his pants were? Because <laughs> that man got pantsed in that deal. Did he, though? Yes. Mm. He gave up a one-for-one one between Huberdo and Kachuk. And then also decided to throw in more things. Things that he may need because... As we saw, the defense in Florida kind of suffered when Aaron Ekblad went down, and you throw away more of your defensive depth, probably one of your next best defensemen. You know, I think he got pantsed. <clears throat> Who got the best player in the deal? Singular player? Singular player. I'd actually say Calgary. I think Huberto's a better player than Kachuk. Okay. What about you, Cassie? I agree. But I think the question should be what team's roster suffered more for having done this? Panthers? Oh, it. <laughs> oh, I disagree. I think Calgary. As a singular trade, but I'm not talking about the loss of Goudreau and Kachuk. No, no, no. As this singular trade, I don't think I don't think Elias Lindholm as the one C is gonna have the career season he had next year. And I don't think Huberto is the type of player to resurrect potentially resurrect a Sean Monahan. I and I'm not sure that Mackenzie Weger is going to move the needle all that much on a pretty good defensive core that Calgary had built out. Meanwhile, I'm I'm gonna say this right now. Um Barkov wins the Hart Trophy next year because of this trade. You think he takes on a? You think the two Hang and Kachuk go on a run? Mm-hmm. I do. What makes you think that? Fine, sir. Um, you know how they love Patrick Hornquist. Teams generally tend to like him. He's kind of that irritating player that just draws all the ire of the opposing team. That's what Matthew Kachuk is, but a decade younger. And 
Matthew Kachuk will also break up some of the defensive responsibilities that Barkov had, allowing him to flee the zone a little quicker, not have to get back quite as quick. I think he provides a more balanced line mate. So what you're going to see from Barkov, who was that team's Hart Trophy candidate last year, despite, you know, Huberto's point total. I I think Barkov might be able to pull off an Art Ross season if Anthony Duclair were fully healthy as the third person on that line. I don't know. I just, I like the makeup of the forward group in Florida better. I will not disagree with you there, but I don't think they, I don't think they improved that much. I, it, it, it's, it is marginal at best. It's marginal at best. It's different. Uh, Yeah. And, and there's, nothing wrong with taking a look at what happened to you in the playoffs and saying eh let's change something up makes make minor adjustments it's going to seem like a big adjustment but because of the names involved but really it's kind of it's almost a wash there's there's different aspects to their games but at the end of the day they're kind of a wash and to me, in that sense, if you're throwing that many assets back to get a player that is just kind of, you know, maybe one or two attributes different than the guy you're leaving, but does, but the guy who's leaving has one or two attributes this new guy doesn't have, that's that's a lot for for a lateral move, effectively. Now, I could be wrong on the chemistry could completely blow up between, you know, um, Barkov and Kachuk. And they'll become, you know, a monster duo. And then Duclair comes back and, you know, they're, they're a new sort of Legion of Doom type thing. <clears throat> I just don't have the confidence in it, though. You mentioned chemistry. Who's the head coach of the Florida Panthers? Oh, yeah, that's true. That was one of the bigger selling points for me. I think Matthew Kachuk is better suited to succeed under Paul Maurice, a la height of his powers, say. Not as Toronto, is what you're saying. (laughs) No, no. But more of what we saw out of Mark Shifley before everyone grew to hate him. Um and just decided to nitpick the hell out of his game for reasons that were both justified and a bit curious. Anyway, I think Huberto would have struggled under Maurice. I think he would have turned into what we are seeing out of Blake Wheeler now, where he puts up his power play points. So for me, when I look at this trade, it's almost it's Uyghur for Kachuk, and then the other three pieces are for the contract extension. So it's funny that you keep talking about forwards. <laughs> what does the defense look like on Florida, though? That's what I'm saying is, yeah, they got, I'm not they, gonna, got, uh, they got weaker. They, 
they got weaker in an area they couldn't afford to get weaker. Sorry, Pat. I do wonder. So in this vacuum, I I can't disagree with that. I do wonder if either of Sam Reinhardt or Sam Bennett are still on this roster by opening day to kind of handle or backfill some of that. Um, I think they fell in love with Bennett too much. And I don't and I, I, and don't I think Reinhardt's a better and I think Reinhardt's a better he's a better trade candidate despite the higher cap number. So yes, in a vacuum, up front Florida's forwards different, defense is clearly weaker. But I don't think the Calgary Flames are a better or worse team either. I just think they are now different as a result of this trade, not even throwing Goudreau into the equation. Well, that's that that's that one thing, right? You got to have to kind of address the elephant in the room. Yeah. Because um, to your point earlier about Elias Lindholm, he was the third wheel on that line, right? Uh, he was the benef- he was the beneficiary of having a playmaking winger and a, and a power forward winger who were playing near peak performance levels, and his peak performance level was don't screw up what the other two are doing. Yeah, and he's one of those rare cases of a, a center with better wingers around him who could still finish. Yeah, Usually yeah. you have a playmaker instead, or you have someone like Austin Matthews. Rarely do you have kind of that combined attribute. He was still only a point-per-game player, and he has flirted with that actually every season he's been in Calgary. He just happened to have his last two seasons interrupted by, oh, the world on fire. And then he just got used to the world being on fire while playing 82 games. Yeah, that's true. Um, I am, I'm just, I'm going to sit here and say I'm still flabbergasted. Alexander Barkov's only 26. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, for some reason, I had him closer to the 30. I mean, nitpicking between like a couple of years, but still, it's a couple of years. I thought he was like 28, 29. I mean, they're, I'm sitting there looking at it now, and they're super crazy young up front outside of Patrick Hornquist. So, I, you know, this is one of those situations. I don't know why. They made a trade for the sake of making a trade, I think. They felt like they had to do something after the season, and I can't fault them for that. And I, I will say I do think getting the are we going to extend either of those two guys conversations off, off Bill Zito's desk was a good thing. Either you have them re-signed or now you don't have this lingering over you. Yeah, but, and, and and they're they're still cap heavy too. So, mm-hmm. uh, 
So I'm wondering, to your point, yeah, they're actually over. Um, Eric Stahl would replace your Sam Reinhardt, potentially? Yeah, possibly. Um, they could leave, they could send Anton Lundell down to the minors, call him up and down to play cap shenanigans to hopefully accrue some deadline cap space. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> what well, I guess salary it, cap? <laughs> along with like eight other teams. <laughs> we'll get to that because as I joked with everyone before the show, just like the Stanley Cup, the salary cap, they're like actually three of them. We only pay attention to the one that we see on cap friendly, but there are actually three caps. The one that the good teams use, the one that the bad teams use, and then the one that the Arizona Coyotes and Anaheim Ducks will use. Dear God. Mm-hmm. Who aren't even at the cap floor. <laughs> All right. Let, well, let, let's go there now then, because clearly Florida has to do something to address that defense. And if it weren't for the... Oh, lack of first-round picks before, I don't know. What's something that's going to happen in 2028 So at this point? <laughs> before the Florida Panthers have a first-rounder again. Um, Ian McLaren, who, does, who hosts the Locked On Bruins podcast, is a really good guy. He made the joke yesterday that there will be two Avenger movies released before – the Florida that, yeah. Panthers have another first round pick. And that yep. was just brilliant. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was brilliant. Yep. Perfectly timed. Um, I mean, I guess I, should, could... I guess I should say there are not, there are, what, 10 teams? Because Edmonton has $68,667 in projected cap space. But they only have 18 people signed to their 23 man roster. So. We should throw them into Florida before that trade, I would have said was the front runners to get Jacob Chikrin because they have contracts to move Arizona's way to help them with their cap number because they stand a million and a half under the cap floor and they have 23 players, quote unquote, that they could throw on their roster and still can't reach it. That includes two, Brian Little's contract on IR for the next two seasons, dead cap space on OEL, and they lost out on the Shea Weber deal. Couldn't get that dead cap hit. Do we do we now have a new term, dead cap bounce? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. Now we do. <laughs> keep looking at Anaheim who's got who is 8.4 million under the cap floor but they still have like you know six people to sign to their 23-man roster and it was just like how how does that happen John I mean, I Gibson for Bobrovsky who says no I mean, I understand people going over the cap because, you know, your eyes are bigger than your stomach, right? It's like, ooh, I want that. And then you try to figure out how to make it work after the fact. <laughs> but 
But like, how do you how do you end up looking around thinking, oh no, my roster's fine, and you're still eight point four million under the cap floor? Um, I think the Sam Welly family would say no to the Bobrovsky deal because <laughs> the way his contract is structured. Oh, I know, I know. It's you know, bonus, bonus, massive bonus the next two seasons. And then it drops off for the last two seasons. But I don't think I, I think if the AAV was there, but the the financial burden wasn't, they'd probably do it. So if there is if there is a player that has that sort of contract out there for them, um, I think they'd do it in a heartbeat. So I have a question. What team is going to be the first one to just openly flaunt that they're over the cap and take the consequences? Because we, I mean, I'm looking at cap friendly and the top third, or there's a third of the league that is, if not over the cap, then pretty damn close to going over. Okay. And there's only a couple of teams that actually have like, I mean, there's, there's, Ten, well, not even ten teams that have cap space, but I mean, at what point do, do teams just say, "Screw it, we're just going to be over the cap, and we'll just take whatever penalty you guys give us"? Well, supposedly that's not allowed to happen. But looking mm-hmm. at this list, Tampa Bay has Brent Seabrook, Brent Seabrook's contract sitting there. So they just have to do some caption in against to get their their opening day number as close to 71 or 82.5 million. So you send Oh dear god, they can't even send anyone down. Eh. No, that's why I'm saying it's like this is this is some really ugly, ugly stuff right now. And, you know, who's going to start on the shenanigans? That's that's they'll find a way because they they play with the second cap. All the rest of the league. And then Vegas is actually in a similar boat where they will actually have a pool thanks to the Shea Weber contract. But dear God, they still need to sign a goalie. They have and only three six- more. Forwards. Yeah, they have 16 guys on their 23-man roster, and they are a million point, 1.4 over the cap. They they still have to add. They still have to add seven players, and they're still they're right now they're already over. Um, I, Doug I, Wilson didn't hand out no movement and impossible to move no trade clauses like candy. Mike Greer would be the happiest man alive. Oh God, that well, just you know, just continues to show how awful Doug Wilson was. You hand out no move clauses, no trade clauses to reward guys who have done something. Getting to the playoffs every year is not doing something. Making the conference final a couple of times, three times I think, and the cup final once is not doing something. God, he was awful as a GM. Seeing Washington up there and paying for 
their one cup win. I get it. You know, Darcy Kemper, good on him for wanting to be on the ice, but not surrender that record-breaking goal Alex Ovechkin might sign score one day. <laughs> I was there. I was on the ice, but I'm not the answer to a trivia question. Mm-hmm. You're thinking of. But then when, when I go down just a little further. So Ron Francis hasn't made the, the sins of the Vegas Golden Knights. But he sure as heck doesn't have the cap space anymore that he flaunted. Yeah, we kept hearing, you know, I brought it up. Weapon, or weaponize that cap space. We're going to weaponize that cap space. Okay. And let me look here. Your weaponization was Burkowski? It was Oliver Bjorkstrand? Bjorkstrand and Burkowski. Justin Schultz? No. Martin Jones? Well. I mean, that's your weaponization. Now, I will say, I can't believe I'm going to do this again. I will (laughs) say in his defense, having Shane Wright land in his lap probably changed that game plan significantly. Oh, yes, it did. Because mm-hmm. now you're, you know, like I said, you're looking at a 19-year-old Matty Berniers who is probably going to be on the on the Kraken for the entire season, and maybe Shane Wright for the entire season. We'll see. So, you know, guys that can probably, you know, be moved out to the wing to help Yanni Gord and and um, Wenberg. But, you know, I I don't like that, that they're sitting with only $2 million free, you know? How much longer is Jonas Domsquay on this team? Because he is their only tradable asset. Oh, yeah, three goalies. One of them's got to go when Grubauer well, comes back. But, well, Grubauer, I think, will be able to start this season. Chris Drieger will not. I doubt he plays in the NHL this year. Uh, yeah, I, I can't remember which one of them had surgery. Drieger. Okay. Well, Drieger and that was massive. because he was with Team Canada, too. Yeah. Um. Now, uh, yeah, I'm not a fan of the defense, I have to say. I'm looking at the Seattle roster, and I'm just like, eh. <laughs> eh. The forwards have something I think, maybe, but, yeah. I think on. they're hoping Riker Evans makes a big step this year. Because he'll be able to turn pro, correct? Yes, he's 20, so yes. Okay, because he was in the WHL. Yeah. Memory serves. So they will have the ability to at least call him up. Yeah. Sprinkle him in. 
you know, they don't have Cal Flurry accounted for, at least on Cap Friendly's roster, who serviceable in his first real taste of NHL action this year. Mm-hmm. Well, because the 1920 Montreal Canadian season doesn't really count. God, that is so true. <laughs> COVID seasons don't count. Of course, you can't tell that to Tampa fans. No, it all counts. It was all real. Enough with this fake nonsense. It was just different. And uh, a sport like this, liking variance and difference, and people complaining about it, was a shock to my system. (laughs) A shock, I tell you. I'm both rue and lament. (laughs) So how are the Edmonton Oilers going to do anything? (laughs) <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah, because at least Vegas can try to try to like move. Um, what's his face's uh, Shea Weber's contract? Right, that'll free out. That'll save them some space. But yeah, what's Edmonton going to do, Patrick? Um, <laughs> they're going to rely heavily on a couple of minor leaguers. Mm. And... But wait, I thought they traded Zach Cassian. They still um, have a, they still have another like you know eleven contracts to add if they want to. Yeah, but they've also got three um, RFAs they have to get done. No, be, I meant in the minors. Never... Oh, that's true as well. I mean, they could add they could add some like part-time NHLers if they Well they already did and Greg McKay and Brad Malone and <laughs> <laughs> you know. I I ah boy. Oh boy. Um <clears throat> Yeah, they he did it again, right? I mean he just managed to wedge himself into a corner he didn't need to be wedged into. Um, and the fact that they can't find a palatable deal for Jesse Pugliarvi is probably the only thing that's saving their bacon right now. Because if they, you know, I'll make I'll make the analogy again. Boy, let's take a look at the last time they traded a player, they traded a winger who had a bad playoff season. Oh yeah, Jordan Everly, that didn't hurt him. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, I can't. They have to do something. Um, you know, either they let Kyler and Jesse sit. Um, they can't even qualify him, and they're arbitration eligible. Yeah, I have absolutely no idea. Somebody, somebody's gonna get done. Somebody done gonna get traded. That's all I'm knowing. Yamamoto to the Islanders. Oh, no, because Lou will mess that trade up. God, how fun would that be with Kyler and... Barzal? Oh, man, that would be so much fun. That's why I said it. (laughs) 
Yeah, that, you know, I'm, I cringed when they signed that Darnell Nurse extension, and that's, I think that's what's biting him more than anything right now. He's a seven million top, top seven million guy, not nine. You know. Okay. Speaking of nine million dollar guys, does anyone have the audacity to offer sheet yes for Brat for one year at nine million? No. Mm-mm. And I should th- they? No. And the reason I say that is it's the um <clears throat> uh dear God, it's the the thing. The thing you have to do. The uh, Jesus, somebody it's the draft picks you have to give up at that at that level. Oh right. Don't compensate are are too much for him. And I think they're in a situation because what are we looking at here? Yeah, um, yeah, the compensation for that pack, it's too much, right? He is not worth, I think it's a... Two firsts, first, a second, and a third. third. Yeah, yeah. Um, no. He, he, he is in that first, second, and third territory. Like that is the contract he'll ultimately get, whether it is in New Jersey or not. That's a little over six to eight. Yeah, I I would do six. I would I would kind of do the the cook and yummy deal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the one year at six, and then have an extension sitting, you know, ready to go and fill in a number depending on how he does next season. But I wouldn't bet against them matching it which puts them in a bigger pain next year because he'd still be RFA with with arbitration rights and he'd be sitting in a pack of like six other RFAs that they have that I'm sure they want to keep Boquist Sharon Govich you know Nathan Bastian, maybe Jonas Siegenthaler, and we, you know. And the interesting thing is, what do they do with Mackenzie Blackwood? Because it's kind of clear he's fallen out of favor. But yeah, see, I, I I get where you're going. You know, you put they can't match it because they'd be over the cap. Um, back him against the wall, but that the compensation's too much, honestly. The compensation's too much. They have to deal with arbitration hearing, possibly, with both him and Miles Wood. Yeah. Um, you know, I think they're, well, like I said, they got eight, they got eight left. Eight, eight and change. Both of them, go, both of them get done for under that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you, I think you maybe by two years, maybe you bridge um, Brat at like four and five and say prove it and, you know, we'll go max term with you next time because they'll have a bunch of stuff coming off the books, UFAs um, next season. Guys that are kind of on their way out the door, Eric Holla, Thomas Tatar type contracts. 
so they'll have space next year or the year after to to give Brat a, a long-term big deal. So speaking of weaponizing cap space, what about the other way? Are Do you think that there are any NHL team GMs who are who would be willing to try to hobble another team by trying to poach, a, you know, offer sheet one of their RFAs, like deliberately, not not in the sense that we want this guy so much as in the sense of we know you want this guy and you're already close to the cap, so. <laughs> Well, um, if we want to make this about the Leafs, I'm sure there's something. <laughs> because, you know, any player put on waivers will get claimed because it's funny. <laughs> but Rasmus Sandin. That's exactly he, what I was but, going for. But is he eligible for an offer sheet? I don't believe he is. He's not eligible for arbitration because he he only just completed his ELC, but can he's there's that weird gray area where certain players are eligible for offer sheets and certain players aren't. I think it's games played. And he only has 88. And I think that qualifies him. I think. God, if only there was some magic way I could look up this. Mm, only. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, of course, you know, if you're going to play that bluff, you're going to actually go there, then you have to be willing to follow through with the consequences, right? That if the team doesn't decide to match your offer sheet, that you're going to end up with this person anyway, and you're going to have to give back draft picks um, as compensation. But you know, it's it's for a group of men who like to play cards all the time in the backs of planes and buses. You would think they would be a bit, and and for a league that, that is steeping itself in sports betting. <laughs> Seriously. I think that general managers would be more willing to go there. Of course they aren't because they're, you know afraid to they're timid but you know it was just kind of a thought it's like hmm. yes he is eligible actually in looking at it you have to be a group two or a group four free agent and i mean it would only it wouldn't be much of a overpayment to put to make I, toronto just accept yeah. and walk they, away they literally can't without, yeah. you know, they have to, and they it have to cost move. you a second round pick to do it. I don't even think they need to go that far up the chain for the compensation. Honestly. Maybe not. Maybe it is just a third round pick. Yeah. I I mean, you know, this is a league though that, that they don't, nobody wants to step on anyone else's toes for fear of retribution. Unfortunately, because that would be pretty damn fun if we had if we had GMs who are just like being spiteful like that. Or they just didn't value 
everything as much as they do. And that's kind of one of the reasons I love that trade for Florida, as we talked about earlier. But it just creates other issues. Yeah, but if you're okay with the issues, then does it really matter? It's kind of where I'm going. <laughs> it's like if you make if you make a if you if you make an ultimatum like that, do this or else, you'd better be ready to like deal with the or else or else you're not gonna you're gonna screw yourself over. So Yeah, I I think if they're smart, Ottawa would go in with three, three million for a year on Sandine. It's a second round pick. Exactly. Toronto's number would fall in that third round pick territory, but it'd be worth a second for even the Florida Panthers to do, but oh, wait. They got no monies. But they do have a second round pick next year. Ottawa has two of them in 2024, yeah. so they could give one up if they really wanted to. Well, it has to be a 2023 pick. That uh, is the key. Which is which is fine. You know, they give and it up has to be their year. own pick. Yeah. Right, and they have their own pick. It, um, yeah. 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 Which is fine. Give it up this year because as far as I'm concerned, Rasmus Sandin is worth a second round. You know, you just whatever you draft in that second round, you just got that player in Rasmus Sandin. Except and he's he older can, and playing today. And he needs to play, you know, second pairing minutes at this yeah. point. Yeah. And that way you're not you're not rushing Jake Sanderson. Jake Sanderson, exactly. You've, you've, you know, you're weaponized. And, and since, you know, again, don't want to dance on his grave because whatever. But since Eugene's been gone, they've been more willing to do these kinds of things. Um, and I'm and nothing is more entertaining than watching Ottawa just stick it to Toronto <laughs> in this kind of stuff. Right. Just just because that that provincial feud is just the best thing. You know, all the years of, you know, they met in the playoffs and the rivalry and, you know, the, the years that Ottawa got the best of them and it just sat in Toronto's craw, you know, they're just, and now Toronto's thinking they're all high and mighty, you know, with this lineup and blah, 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 blah. And they still can't get out of the first round. And, and even Ottawa fans who are, you know, have been sitting there watching their team implode for the last few years, they were, they were schadenfreuding. The maple leaves. Yeah, we may suck, but look at you guys. You know, you still can't get out of the first round. And now all of a sudden the tables are kind of turning for Ottawa. Amazing what happens when... Um, People are allowed to do their jobs. Yeah, when shackles are taken off. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying money's no object, but when when you're not penny pinching at the behest of an owner who's who was probably leveraged to the hilt in his businesses. Um, yeah. 
do it. Come on. Someone, Ottawa needs to do it. It's not going to kill them. It would be a fantastic move. Oh, it would be so funny. It would be so damn funny. You know, the Islanders have the space. There's no way Lou would do it because he's too old school. Detroit has the space. They don't need him. I don't think they really need him. I think there's. I, I think he's playing long game. Yeah. Iserman's always playing a long game, but at the same time, he's not afraid to tinker as he goes along. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't think he wants and to ruffle feathers. This would feathers. be committing himself to a player. Right. Yeah. He'd ha- he'd have to he'd have to answer, you know, why he thought Sandine was worth it. Um, surprisingly enough. Someone else that might, someone else that might do it that I think would be funny. The Rangers thumbing their nose at Toronto. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not that they just have a hole on their defense. Yeah, I sure that's the excuse. Uh huh. <laughs> Toronto look, or the Rangers look at Toronto and just kind of laugh. They're not concerned with anything that they do. Yeah. Even when they they lose to them in the regular season. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because the regular season means bookies. Yeah. Capo is, Capo Caco is not. He isn't going to eat up four million. No. Oh, but they don't have their own third this year. Dang. But so they, they have their own second. second. Yeah. So that they have to. So can they get cap? Can they get Caco for a, just you know the Morgan Geeky deal that we just saw signed earlier this afternoon? One point. million can can they make that math work or does Drury really have to push hard on a Panarin trade no I think if they get Kako because he needs to have a prove it right yeah he shouldn't accept anything more than a a one year contract in his best interest yeah because he needs a prove it year I think if he does 1-7 for one year, they could they could take a run at at Sandine, and then you've got Reeves coming off the books next year. That's not going to get re-signed, at least not at that price. Um, and Yaroslav Halak at one five, they've got room. They've got room coming up to play. I don't think I don't I don't think there's any way they move Panarin. I don't think they have the stomach or the want to do it. No, that was just one of those garbage rumors that's out there. Oh no. The only concern comes if Lafonier has a monster season this year after a really good playoffs. And he's got no. And Miller does as well. Neither one of them has. 
neither one of them have have arm rights. But it's potentially setting yourself up for the PK Subban situation where you take a a haircut in short term now and then you pay later. Well, and, and I, it's not often I'm going to say this, Pat. With those two, I'd kick the can down the road. Okay. Let it be tomorrow's problem. <sighs> I know. I know. Because Are you feeling okay? No. But yes. <laughs> Let it let it be tomorrow's problem because you've got stuff coming off the books. Uh, you know, next twenty twenty six. Well, because the they have stuff, a lot off yeah. the books next year. Yes, right. That's what I'm saying is you've got a lot coming off the books next year. And, and they do have a plethora of ELCs that they could potentially have joined the roster. Right. We need to in third and fourth line spots specifically yes i need to see who's knocking at the door in the nhl in my minor system you know that buys you another year or so with the with the you know the lower round draft picks that you've picked up the last couple of years let them mature no i think that yeah, i like it i'm doing it i'm gonna i'm gonna fire up nhl 22 and i'm gonna do it <laughs> i'm gonna go offer sheet <laughs> rasmus sandine <clears throat> I mean, hell, even if if they wanted to be cheeky, frick, the the Kings could do it. For like one one five, just in any offer sheet is, you know, Toronto is gonna have to move hell and earth to be able to match. Right, it's like I taking mean, candy from a baby at yeah, this point. They're gonna have to move hell and earth to to sign him. And then here's the LA Kings slowly sitting on a pretty nice right number of defensemen with two to be signed in Anderson and Jersey. Because it was the other it was Lias Anderson who signed a contract this weekend, correct? Not their defenseman. Correct. Yes, okay. the, the silver medal throwing Elias Anderson. I will never forget it because I thought it was funny as hell. I don't care how his career turned out. Had the two things are not related. Oh, it is in hockey, though. I know everyone likes to think it is. Oh no, I don't think it is. I don't think fans think it is, but people in the hockey men think it is. Yeah, the two hundred hockey men. Well, we don't need to talk about them at all. We all go the Oh god, no. Burn it down, salt the earth, throw acid on it and plant trees somewhere else, people. We're going to make us talk about it one week. You know that's what it's leading up to. <laughs> no, that's when we take a week. Yep. Sounds good to me. And we come back and play like it. Nothing happened because mm. everyone would have heard all about it already. Because the media is actually starting to do their jobs, so. which is getting some, but it's enough to get certain individuals and in positions of power, not necessarily within the game, to say, um, excuse me, what now? Like the fans have been saying for the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. It's like, huh? 
Yeah, the morality of hockey is not like the morality of the real world. <laughs> no, they're just starting to realize that. Anyway. What if Boston did it? Oh, but they need that cap room to, to re-sign the old guys. Do they? <laughs> they think so. They think so. Yeah, they really do. I know he won the Selkie, but... Last I heard, he hasn't decided whether he's coming back yet or not. Mm. I mean, probably he will. Training camp will start, and he'll be like, oh, I need to play. So, (laughs) you know. God, the Stars could do it. Okay, now we're talking. That wouldn't be be as entertaining as Ottawa doing it, but still. Or the Rangers. What is is laughable is the amount of cap space the Dallas Stars do have right now. And how much is ready to pop off their books next year in the next two seasons, really? They are in great shape. Now, or really uh, bad shape. I mean, look at look at their um, their prospects. It's like everybody's <laughs> setting, everyone's set to go next or the year after ne- or next year too. That's what it is. Which um, is, which is well. okay. You know, they got make out Maverick Bork. Um, I I think they're fine in that sense because some of these guys, you know, are in their mid to late 20s and they're not going to they're not going to be banging on the door of the Mm. NHL anytime soon. If they haven't been now, not going to happen. Not in that system anyway. Yeah. Um. Ottinger and Robertson get done for well under 11 between the two of them. Leave yourself three. The only concern is they don't, they're kind of, they're kind of pick light. Yeah, I don't know why we just turned this episode into, hey, let's stumble through Cap Friendly and figure out who should <laughs> RFA Erasmus <laughs> Sandine to screw the Leafs up, but I'm kind of here for it. I mean, it, they're way too heavy on defense, and they need to sign Oliver Shillington and Andrew Mangiapane, but the Flames could kind of do it. Um, no, I, I think my favorite my favorite would be the Senators. My second favorite would probably be the Sabres because they're sitting on three second-round picks this year. They're already at a 22-man roster. And they're this, just... And they're just across the border. Yeah. Not really, but we'll pretend. And it gives it, they've already got a super young defense core, but everybody's signed for this season. They, you know, they're, boy, talk about a team that could weaponize cap space. In both ways. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> That gives them, you know, it, depending on how they want to do this, you know, they could sign him and maybe unload Ilya Labushkin at the trade deadline and retain, you know, to to a playoff team because he he would probably be their tradable asset on the back end. You know, going to a cup contending team, he's two and two and three quarter million, two seven five. That would be 
actually, I'm uh, eh, no Ottawa is still my first, just because. But Buffalo, okay. Buffalo would be my second. Buffalo would be fun. Yeah, I have a crazy one that will never happen, but we don't have to play in the real world. This is true. Colorado <gasps> technically needs to create some cap space, right? Okay, work with me here. They need to create some cap space. Who's the team with the most cap space right now? Why, look, it's the Anaheim Ducks. Could Colorado make a deal, make a Rasmus Sandine signing? No, because they don't possess their own second-round pick. But you know who does? The Anaheim Ducks. Mm. I'm always here for three-team trades. I think... Think. And look, they have three second round picks next year. So, what could Colorado do to regain that second? What could they do? It was. Well, hell. It was given to the it was given to the Ducks for Josh Manson. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at that! <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> oh my God, I didn't know that's where that second win this year. <laughs> uh, now you're playing my game. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ, you're you're multi-dimensional chessing this, aren't you? A little bit, just a little bit. So Sam Gerard. <laughs> to the Ducks for their own se- to to the Ducks for Colorado's own second round. That gives you eight off the cap. You mm-hmm. that actually gives you close to nine. Actually, um, eight to Kadri. Yeah, it has to be just a hair of. I, I imagine if he goes back to Colorado, he will leave some money on the table, but he'll want to get over. He's got to get over it, seven. It, 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 I, well, I think it'll be term, too, right? Actually, yeah, no, where, where missed... the number gets spread out. Yeah. No, still they... over seven years. I can see a seven by seven. So if dot, they do dot, se- yeah, so if they do seven by seven, they've got, you know, two and a half left to go get Sandine, but. They actually kind of really need to get rid of Eric Johnson more than anything. No, you guys, you guys, guys. Okay. Guys. You let Anaheim poach Sandine. And then you make the trade from Colorado uh, to Anaheim. Because Anaheim has three second round picks in the in next year. Colorado has none. What's the point of Colorado getting their second round pick back if they're just going to treat it? No, no, no. You let Anaheim do that. You don't bother like trying to get picks back so you can trade them. No, you you launder it through Anaheim and and get your get your guy that way. Isn't there a moratorium on trading a player that you signed an offer sheet to? I think there there is, but there's nothing stopping Anaheim for just acquiring Sandine. Oh no! And then and then flipping him for a player like Gerard. 
Uh, and and Colorado could get their second round pick back for that. I think there is a one year. I think there's a twelve month. There's a twelve month moratorium on your ability trading. to trade. But Pat's not saying sign him to an offer sheet. Pat's saying just trade for him straight out. Because to rot, the longer we get into August, the options become a little more limited. And we're going to see a lot of trades probably go down during camp. Yeah. Just, I, would, uh, I would say probably, well, yeah, they're going to do some like cap circumvention. They're going to want to see lines and see how everything plays out during camp. I think it's going to be between camp and regular season is when yes. those trades are going to happen. Exactly. Um, I don't think Toronto has any interest in trading him straight up for a pick. They don't want in, in, in the, in the vernacular of one Jeffrey Merrick, they don't want green bananas, right? They want the player or they want a player. They want Shattenkirk. <laughs> I said a player. <laughs> hey now, hey. Shat Shat and Deuces was fine in his day. His day is in the past. He is okay for five with a real NHL defenseman around with him. And Toronto, and Toronto is lean on real NHL defensemen to begin with. Let's be honest. <laughs> Kim Fowler? No. They, Toronto would have to send money out somehow. Kerfoot. No, they wouldn't have to necessarily if, if Anaheim retains. Uh, then they'd have to send something back to Anaheim to retain. Sure. But Anaheim has no reason to re retain. Well, actually, no, because Toronto <laughs> still has to clear a million and a half. But no, they do have because the, Anaheim hasn't hit the floor yet. Which is, that's fine, getting them up to the floor, but Toronto still is over the cap right now. Right. So there's, there's, they have to send money out. doesn't matter if anyone retains. Toronto has to send money out some way. They are, they are backs against the wall. Well, their one and a half is... Unless... Wayne Simmons, Kyle Clifford are waived. And their salaries are low enough that they don't count against the cap. So their cap number, they're just going to be doing crazy call-up, send-down, IR shenanigans all year once yeah. again. Yeah. Many teams are. <laughs> Many teams are like, how'd, how'd you do that again, Tampa? <laughs> We need to start doing that too. Dear God, yeah, how did Tampa do that? Dead. It's funny, LeCavalier still shows up on the dead cap, but his hit is zero. Yeah, I've seen that. It's, it's some honorarium or something. <laughs> no, his buyout just took that long. Because if you look at the which Rangers cap page, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, <laughs> um, Brad Richards shows up on his, but 
the end is almost near for the Rangers in that regard. Now, it still costs some physical money, though. That's wild. Okay. Oh, because it was a compliance buyout. That's why. That's why. Yeah. The cap hit. 2011, okay. 2012. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's why. I forgot that. I, for, I forgot that first one from Tampa was a compliance. So they're still paying him. Good God. He is made bank by not playing hockey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Le Cavalier just. Dear God, he made his agent is brilliant. And and he's he's being paid by Montreal now, so as an advisor. Oh, dear God. That was wow. <laughs> that was that was actual brilliance. Wow. Dear God. Oh, okay. Um, I hope you all enjoyed the Rasmus Sandine hour. <laughs> it was fun while it lasted. And, and who we think Rasmus should screw, <laughs> should screw Toronto the most by signing Rasmus Sandine. Um, yeah, I got nothing. This has been the 3B3 Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at 3B3 Podcast. We're available for NHL consulting at reasonable fees.